Shut up, I love it. On the first day of White Elephant, my true love gave to me one great movie. Shut up, I love it. I'm Joe Cabello. I am Sasha Filer. Merry Christmas slash all other holidays, everybody. maybe you're listening to this late and it's Easter or Easter around (laughs) Easter and, you know, happy Easter. I don't know when you're listening to it. You you can listen to this every day if that makes you happy. It's only gonna make us happy as well. What is this podcast, Joe? Where you know are what? we? This is Shut Up, I Love It. And usually, or usualmente, as they mm. say in the Spanish-speaking countries, is... <laughs> is that what they say, though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything. This uh, this is a podcast where we bring a special guest to talk about something they love that is otherwise hated, unknown, reviled, misunderstood, but, and that's a big but and I cannot lie, today is a little bit different. We are doing the White Elephant series. Chestnuts are roasting on an open fire because it's Christmas and Christmas-centric. So we have brought on a special guest who I will introduce in a second to do our White Elephant. That means me, Sasha, and our special guest have each chosen a gift, a movie for the other one to watch and for us to talk about. And if that doesn't make sense, you're going to have to keep listening. Because we have our guest here who is one of the greatest rappers in the world, one of the greatest hosts in the world, one of the greatest cinephiles, and hopefully nothing else file, if you know what I mean. This is... There's so many files that are okay. You could be feline file. You could be all kinds of file that is still okay. I, I'm not okay with a, fe- a feline file. I don't know really <laughs> how into cats you are to be a file. But this is Adam Protexter, a recurring guest of the show. What's up, Adam? Hey, thanks for having me back. What's up, y'all? Nothing. I'm so happy to have you. Well, happy a lot. Happy to be here. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry I don't Christmas. know if to celebrate Christmas yet, but we're going to celebrate it today. Just, uh, I mean, I I'm don't... getting Kwanzaa vibes from you. So I I'm only not sure celebrate you... any holiday via podcast recording. And then after that, <laughs> over. It's very lonely. I've tried to get people like, it's Christmas Day. Like, hey, come record the podcast. They're like, I have a family. See, that? I, that's where I'd be perfect. Because I would only want to celebrate Christmas by being on the podcast. Here we yeah. go. And it is Christmas Day today. No, it this is. is Christmas yep. Day. Happy um, Christmas Day. Happy Christmas Day. Um, all right. So what is this gift today? Who is gifting whom? All right. Today's white elephant I feel very excited about because I've been gifted something by you, Sasha. That's right. I gifted you a great movie called Funny Pages. Yes, this is a bitingly funny coming-of-age story of a teenage cartoonist who rejects the comfort of his suburban life in a misguided quest for his soul. Written and directed by Owen Klein. The son of... Ernest Klein, greatest American (laughs) author. (laughs) Who wrote uh, uh, The Old Man and the Sea. It all made sense, everybody. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, this is the movie I chose for you, Joe. Um, And we have Adam, of course, to uh, talk about it as well. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) to talk about it as well. 
I feel like this film, let's just get right to it, yeah, right? Yeah, why, why did you choose it for me? Is that uh, what you're getting into? Right. Well, let's just say why I chose it and why I chose it for you, both of this. The reason I chose it is because it's one movie that has not been talked at all about this year. It's 2022. It came out this year. No one's heard of it. Like, I think I read about it um, in, like, a little newsletter I received from the New York Times, ever heard of it. But it's like basically like, hey, these are the movies you should watch. And usually, they no have one's ever, no one's talking about it. I only heard about it through the New York Times. Yeah, but they give like honestly like the same five recommend. Like they are not great at recommending movies. I'm just <coughs> here. To shut up. I don't like their recommendations. But uh, occasionally there's a jam, and I'm pretty sure that's where I got this. Um, description of this movie and I was like whoa that sounds interesting something that I would like to check out and the moment I started watching I was like this is the funniest movie I've ever seen or one of the funniest movies and then I decided to give it to you Joe because I feel like you and I don't talk enough about comedy movies that maybe we could get on the same page about if that makes any sense yeah I think we rarely talk about comedy movies maybe that starts that is the state of comedy movies in the past like five ten years has been a little mm-hmm. eh. not to say Possible. there hasn't been good ones but yeah we don't talk about that um so we'll get into it in a second but uh adam before watching it for this podcast have you seen it before was it on your radar no i had uh i heard about it because sash recommended it to you so I'm learning about it through this through this experience <laughs> as well so it sounds like you don't read the new york times no, maybe you need I, to get on that. Not, not even Wardling. More of a they, Breitbart Wardling. guy. <laughs> oh, it's their pay. It's their paywall. It's their paywall, dudes. I know. I don't think any of those journalists should get paid personally. It's more of a. <laughs> it's more of a, a volunteer thing, I think. And they should all be kicked off of Twitter and then allowed that. <laughs> Especially no. film critics. That's right. Um, no, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about funny pages. Joe, have you heard of it before? I. T- gifted it to you no i just remember a couple months ago you had brought it up but yeah you were just gushing about it you're like this is the funniest movie i've ever seen um you had bragged about how the fact that you rented it and you never rent movies something Mm. like that which i'm like okay what a brag i know i don't rent movies definitely not a cinephile that person is i know can't even fork out six dollars it was a six dollar rental i remember you saying Oh, now it's six ninety nine, so things went up. But anyway, um, <laughs> inflation. <laughs> inflation. Even funny so, pages is not safe from the <laughs> the toil of inflation. So yeah, just to get to why this movie I think is perfect for Shut Up I Love It is also because I mean this is like very small movie. It's such a there's some something very nostalgic about it. The way it's made, the way it's shot. Obviously, there's a couple of big dudes behind it in the sense that they have been doing a bunch of stuff the Safety brothers who i believe produced this film and it right. has a very Safety brothers vibe even though it's like funnier but it's also as fucked up as a Safety brothers movie um but yeah i it just has that very small tiny film that type of film that doesn't get made anymore vibe and also it just like no one's talked about it and yet people who did talk about it they were like what a great calling card for a young director. Right. So, Owen Klein, writer-director of it. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So um, I guess at this point I, I can gush about it all I want, but um, I am curious. Before we, I mean, Ratings is still going to be part of the show, so I'm not here to ask what um, 
what you thought in terms of qualifying this film but both of you like did you find anything interesting for you even if you maybe didn't love the movie but did you find anything interesting like in terms of your radar as cinephiles about this film well i guess i'll I'll break the seal since this is my gift i'll rip the tape please off of it um you were gushing about how funny this movie is I was really expecting more of a straightforward comedy based off that. Like a MacGruber type of, which I, it yeah. is, MacGruber is the greatest comedy film of all Yes, time. yeah, so mm-hmm. I was maybe expecting that, and it is not that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie I appreciate more than I like. Mm-hmm. So I can say, as far as your question of like, do I see, I forget how you worded it, but do I see value in it mm-hmm. uh, cinematically or Whatever the ridiculous question was, I just <laughs> attacking the question because okay. I can't remember it. Um, you like to look <laughs> the the horse in the mouth, the 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 gift in the uh, analyze the teeth, the dental state of the horse. <laughs> Quite a gift that I had to pay six dollars for. Oh, <laughs> I will. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get, get into, into that. <laughs> we'll get into what I had to pay for. A I was going to give you the Blu-ray. Episode. Come on, anyway. get a Blu-ray player or a PS3. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily enjoyed it. This to me seems like, uh, Napoleon Dynamite Mm -hmm. grown up, Uh, meaning like not the character, but the movie, if the movie, you know, was Napoleon Dynamite was like the cute, weird 13 year old. This is what that movie grows up to be 19 year old, a lot Mm -hmm. harder, grosser edges, ugly, meaner mm-hmm. that charm of uh that napoleon dynamite has and that kind of earnestness is scraped away and beaten by living in this horrible world that's mm-hmm. what i feel funny pages is kind of that's the world it's living in as mm-hmm. a movie that's uh, why yeah i was uh, i agree with that in with the sense that yes it is very similar to napoleon dynamite would be for sure napoleon Dy- dynamite meets Something else. Like it's that like it's cynical older film. brother is what this it balls movie is. out, balls hanging out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> they're nasty balls. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Sweaty. <laughs> Adam, how about you? What were your thoughts on this movie? I think um, you really nailed it with the. Uh, so th- what you just said is almost verbatim what I said to um, my girlfriend Stephanie after we finished this late last night, which is. I found a lot of that interesting, but I don't know if I enjoyed watching it. Uh, which is to say, like, I totally get that nostalgic comedy thing, especially like aughts indie comedy. Like, it reminded me of like Terry Zweigoff stuff, like Ghost World and Igby Goes Down, and definitely had a lot of like. Um, I, I worked at this crusty little video store that had a real big obsession with like crumb comics and stuff in college, mm-hmm. and so it really reminded me of that. Sure. Um, of like that, but the whole movie is um, evocative of this, you know, that gross comic style, that caricaturized style, like all the characters kind of look like caricatures, the spaces feel overly dingy, and I respected that, but I didn't like really like any of the characters, so it was hard for me to like, it was hard for me to get into the comedy of it, because honestly I was like, um, I saw it more as like a Christmas carol, and I want to get into that in a second, but like... Uh, I saw this as like a Christmas Carol, and so it read more of like as a dramedy. And I, I right. think I'm with Joe that I, I was expecting to find it funnier, um, but overall, it's like, 
Yeah, I appreciated it, but I was constantly upset with the characters. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, especially the main character, I wanted him to redeem himself in some way, but he was um, such a kid that I went to high school with that I did not like, you know? Yeah, just a bad guy. And I yeah. think that for there are a lot of moviegoers who really love movies where every character is just an awful person, Fair. like in this. And I, I think there's so much merit to that as well. Um, but yeah, I love uh, I love the amount of covered dislike that I'm getting about this movie, and it makes me very excited. I hope the whole series of white elephants <laughs> is going to be us aggressively attacking each other's gifts. So I welcome it. I welcome uh, open arms. I meet this, and uh, you know, now it's time to reveal the real reason to why I wanted to watch this movie. Because wow, you were hiding a reason. Because though. I wanted to talk about it <laughs> for me, <laughs> I mean, which. I, I think in many ways that all of us would probably do that. It's like me way. getting uh, my wife a PS5 for Christmas. Is that what she did? <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> find one, so I ended up getting her a Best Buy gift card. Uh, one time, yeah, my at the time boyfriend got me. He he, Jay Jay got me like a juice maker or something, and I remember crying and being like, "This is what I am to you." Like, oh let's, like, wow, that's I a good know. gift. It's no, juice. I had to. I returned it. Um, <laughs> Or he, he had you know, to, juice maker—they're too big, and every time you make a juice, it's like forty minutes of cleaning the thing. It's not—it's never yeah. worth it. Yeah, um, shut up! I hate hate juice makers. <laughs> but yeah, no, this film—I am so I'm here to like not even defend it, but I totally agree. This film does not have any cinematic quality. Like this is the opposite of. Uh, you know, like even like a glitzy, you know, awesome co comedy like MacGruber. Again, I'm bringing up like the height of like masterpiece of comedy. Um, we talk about like it's funny, but then there's also stuff to look at, even though obviously the budget is different. But like this DP who shot this film has shot all of the Safdie, at least earlier Safdie brothers. And his style is just to be like, I am so invisible cinematically, like my... Um, involvement that you really only focus on the characters and what's happening like there's no not even trying to put them against like a background that's interesting or anything of that like that sort and, and you have the, the people the comic shop the, like that feels like being in a comic shop for like, sure and and the totally. the place <laughs> where the main character moves in like so basically this young kid uh after you know having this big fight fallout with his parents uh, he moves to Trenton, New Jersey, which I am vaguely familiar with. I used to work there uh, for some time when I lived in New York on occasion uh, as freelance as a freelance editor. Um, so he would go to Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, he went. He went to Trenton, New Jersey to get um, to like you know to find his own place, and then he ends up with these two creepy dudes. It's completely experiences that I have gone through living in New York. Like, there's nothing mm. more honest and sincere about being like that that apartment where he like lives for one night or whatever shared with another like middle-aged dude like creepy guy like this is so to me like new york slash new jersey like like living in a big city like with no money like you that apartment is so real no uh production designer or like art director would have been able to put that apartment together unless they had millions of dollars because it's so specific to like how fucked up it is and detail right the drywall and not the drywall but the insulation wall just, that's just bare insulation <laughs> yeah. not, like everything just, everything is just wrong with that there's like some dicks right there's a bunch of dicks dicks at least one or two dicks on camera which i'm not a big fan of like dicks and or like any any sexual organs like i don't i don't need them in like a movie but there's a couple of dicks 
Um, but they're like done in such like cringy, funny way. And I think to me, like the reason, and again, sounds like Joe, you hate it. So now I take the megaphone and I start yelling <laughs> about how much I love this movie. <laughs> I like to me, this movie is a response to fucking like Ted Lasso and all other shit that I, you know, always defend. Um, uh, well, I, I actually feel like it doesn't need defense because people love it because they love the warm core that's been the new kind of comedy coming up and in some ways like Abbott Elementary is that and I know we're talking about TV shows versus a mo- tiny indie movie but this new kind of comedy that people are embracing warm core that makes them feel good inside well it doesn't make me feel good because I don't find that funny what I find funny is like very cringy character stuff that it feels like where did you find these people who is this fucking casting director that was able to find these weirdos? And half the people at these minor roles, for sure, are just like regular regular weird people that somebody knew some. Like, right. they're not actors. Like, like the like Tim the and guy. Eric style of casting. How when they yeah. cast people, they're like, they're usually actually people who want to act, but actually will ne- would never have got booked in anything other than a Tim and Eric <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the guy who walks in and he like complains at the lawyer lady like a few times. Like you're like that guy's this, hair is awesome. Like the <laughs> guy hair is awesome. There's like a, a Santa who's doing like feeding random lines. Like all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's to me that's basically a statement of like cringe comedy would always live, even though you know that's just like a small tiny example that came you know unnoticed. But to me. To me, like there's so, something so funny and cringe because to me it's like truth and comedy, a book that nobody should read, but do remember the phrase, <laughs> the book is terrible. Um, well, what did we take from there since both well, of you did not like it? I, and I wouldn't say I hated it. You know, yeah, like I, I, I definitely like enjoyed watching it as far as like this is all interesting and whatnot, but maybe part of that is what I was expecting out of it to be more of a yeah. straight comedy. But a lot of it is also, yeah, it's it's so ugly, so gross. And I like, it's it's weird. It's like, like that's closer to appreciation than like, but also it's not hate. Respect, maybe? Yeah, I think there's a respect to it as, as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, like it being about this artist and this guy who draws nasty cartoons as somebody who draws nasty cartoons often. Oh, that's true. Um, th- I was like, oh. Subconsciously, maybe- I made the perfect choice. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie about um, a Napoleon Dynamite version of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I know. Go for it. I was just saying I wasn't expecting it to be a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah. That slowly dawned on me as I watched it. <laughs> me too. Um, which was nice. Uh, and I have a theory about that, but I want to let Joe. Oh, go ahead, please. No, yeah, I want to hear the theory. the Christmas theory. I want to hear that because. Well. I wanted to say the about what, what Sash said, that I agree with one thing and disagree with the other, or rather had a different yeah. experience. Like, what Happy. I agree with is that the, uh, what I agree with you is that, like, the characters and the casting and the set design is in, in, impeccable, and it mirrors that, that nasty style of comic drawing. Um, but what mm. I disagreed with you a little bit on was the invisible style of the camera, because I actually found myself in scenes... Feel, I, I thought, thinking, just please give me a wide shot here so I know where these people are. Because mm. the whole thing is so indie handheld close-up. And I was distracted by kind of um, the indie vibe of it, trying to be mm. invisible. Um, Low bu- small budget also calls for extreme close-ups, right? For sure, for sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, I, and I try to be forgiving of that and understand that. I think it's just, um, I get tired of that style sometimes yeah. of that, that yeah, film I don't grade. Remember- 
I love I love that you mentioned shaky camera because I am a big like pro, exp, not propon, what's the opposite of proponent? I don't Crit know. The critic. Critic. Opponent. I'm a critic. Opponent, opponent, right? Opponent, <laughs> nice, good. It's it's. This is a, like a word of the day podcast. Yeah, opponent <laughs> of shaky camera. Not a fan. Like don't yeah. like. I re on the rewatch. I guess I didn't feel like too shaky, but it's possible there was all hand handled and that got in the way. Yeah, I think it's not shaky so much for me as it is the like. It's just the low budget. Let's get tight, really tight shots, shot mm -hmm. for shot. And I'm like, I want to see this kid's room for a shot for mm -hmm. a few moments. Definitely, I just need that sense of space. Yeah, sense of space was definitely lost a few times. Did you also feel both of you grossed out by like the skin problems many characters had? I mean, that was nice. It, it's part of the whole movie. Like okay. the whole yeah. movie is that's a microcosm of everything. Is the whole movie has skin problems? The germs. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's gross. You're seeing glistening skin uh, a lot, and that's actually like you need it for the movie. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but. It's the same way that someone might not like a gory slasher film because they're like, ah, oh, there was so many, you know, knives going into people. It's like, well, the movie needed that. It's a slasher movie. Yeah, it would be a bummer if you have a premise or the genre as a premise. Yeah. And then you don't follow up with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I I liked the skin. I thought that it was like authentic. Felt like a, I I that was my favorite character was the kid with the the acne and the long hair. Right. It was like the only nice kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even though he was uh, it was annoying, but he was pure soul. Yeah. Uh, so here's my theory on the Christmas Carol is that yes. there, our main characters like I was like oh, once I realized it was said it's Christmas I was like this character's a Scrooge he like doesn't believe in anything he's all nihilist uh, and our main character's kind of our Scrooge and I was like okay so this is probably a little ham-fisted but if you think about the teacher as representing the ghost of Christmas past, as like the good old days of technique, and the parents representing the present and the comfort, and then Wallace, the image cartoonist guy, uh, being his potential future. And then you think about his roommates as being Marley and Marley, as like these ghosts of, they're in hell, and this is where you could go if you keep living life like this. And then he kind of experiences each narrative in order, ending with Christmas future, which kicks his ass, literally. And then he goes back to his, uh, the place he feels safe, the comic shop. And I think in that moment, it's very ambiguous, but I liked that last shot because I thought maybe this kid is actually having a little ego death and becoming a better person here. Um, my wow, partner, Adam, this she... is why, this is why oh. we bring on this podcast for fucking yeah. theories like this, this. Yeah, I mean, what, this is it. You're, you just earned your paycheck. Oh, sweet. Oh. And for the record, we are not paying you and never will. Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. I that's fine. I um, will just not cash the check you already sent me. Then. I'll just read it. Uh, my girlfriend thought that at the end he was sitting there, um, like becoming his previous boss, and it was kind of a dark cycle. I I see what she's saying, but I kind of disagree with it. I think it's more his moment of self introspection. Um, when you yeah. say his I, previous boss, the comic owner, comic shop. Yeah, owner? yeah, like the okay. shop owner. Like he had become the purveyor of goods instead of the creator. Like the world had beaten him down. But I, I see that. I don't totally disagree, but I think more so that's his, like, it's Christmas Day, I'm having my moment. Like, it's literally Christmas Day, and he's sitting having a crisis of conscience. That's why I was like, oh, this is a, you know, it's like a little indie comic Christmas carol. I think that's a very interesting and good read of it. And I do think it, the ending is ambig it's ambiguous for you to kind of choose your own adventure for the rest of this guy. Right. Uh, his life but um 
But yeah, I really love that Christmas Carol. I'm not really well-versed even in the Christmas Carol. I don't think I've ever seen it in full other than Scrooged. Um, so I don't really know it, but that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gifting you the Muppet I Christmas love the way Carol. it sounds. It's, <laughs> Something it's to awesome. watch. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I wonder how much of that is intentional or not. That would be really interesting to, to see. Sometimes these things just kind of come right we do tell the same stories over and (laughs) we tell the same stories a lot so sometimes they are the same when we don't mean them to be yeah what i found even with that ending is this movie's an hour and 26 minutes perfect perfect runtime but it does it feels much longer because of the kind of lack of apparent structure it's interesting that you're saying that it's like it took you a while. Like you, you were like, can't, couldn't wait for this film to end. Or something. that's not what I said. <laughs> Is to that me, what I said, Adam? I no, it's like, it's, it's like when you're on a drive and you've never been somewhere before. It feels longer than when you're driving back because when you don't know, always. So it's like if you don't have always. the mile markers of the act breaks, and this always. is more of a free flow. I mean, I see what Joe's saying. It didn't feel long to me, but it felt like. I wasn't sure when the ending... When the ending came, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is 86 minutes. Oh, no, and the ending is definitely the weakest part. Maybe that's partially what the problem is here. It's like the ending, script-wise, is probably the weakest part for me um, of the film. But, um, yeah, no, again, even on the rewatch, and I've seen this movie twice, so, you know, the first time and then for the podcast, I always felt like both times um, that it's like, I can't believe how much they fit in such a short time. So it's almost like the opposite. True. It does remind me of Good Time a lot in that sense. Mm, like, good Time. Yeah. Not everybody's favorite movie, but I love it oh so much. Haven't yeah. seen it yet. And I didn't know it was 86 minutes watching it as well. I think I just like disregarded the time. Usually I'll look at the time of a movie. But if I have to watch a movie, I don't look at the time because like I have to see this. But if I'm picking out a movie, I'm like, okay, where's the 86-minute movie? So that way I could fit it in <laughs> yes. tonight. So there's that. But yeah, I do think um, it's just a specific type of ending, right? And I think it's a type of ending that has merit, but not every movie can be that open-ended, things aren't resolved type of ending. I mean, you could argue that they are resolved, but I think that's where the the open ter- interpretation comes from. Also, this uh, watching this came at a time where, uh, like, the grit and the grain of it I had just watched two 16mm films, uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas, which I wanted to use for this one, and A Wounded Fawn, which are both shot on 16mm, look fucking beautiful, but still have that, like, grain, that kind of, like, organic look that only film can give. I don't even know if this movie was shot on film, but it just still has that, like, ickiness, but it's the bad ickiness versus having watched these two... (laughs) uncut gems Uh, so I think in some ways I was kind of like had just been absorbing these really beautiful film grain and then to get this which is just like grain Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. I just looked it up this was shot in super 16 there we go see sniffed it out I didn't like the um, I, I didn't like the color grading that was on it, but that's kind of not really the movie's fault. That's kind of every movie right now. I'm not a huge fan of the color. Like when it first popped in, I was like, oh, I know what I'm getting in for because this is a, it's got that indie 
close up in a slight like gritty color mm -hmm. texture um, which really like it's crazy how much the color sets the tone but it's funny because Sash what you were saying earlier about like warm core versus this and why this spoke out to you I think color grading is on my mind because we just did uh, a project that is very warm core and we were like technicolor bright lights color mm -hmm. uh, and so that's where my head's at and so seeing this I'm like oh everything's so drab now drab but I that's, love drab that's yeah. me though yeah, yeah I love drab and it's interesting because it has such a you know again little like cinematic quality this film yeah. intentionally very intentionally it's not like it's it's made to look like um, a first time director's uh, like ode to filmmaking, like project in the making for 20 years type of um, uh, almost like amateur-ish um, uh, lack of technical skills film. It's Clerks. made to look that way by people. Yeah, well, Clerks, and many yeah. others, but like, but people who are very competent in how to make film. And, and it is interesting to me because like what is the opposite to uh, this film is an example. I'll tell you what's an, it's an opposite to for me. It's um, wh what is this film? That it's it's the Russian director Timur Bekmambetov, the director, and it's the what is it? The vampire was a trilogy or Night Watch. Night Watch. So starting with Night Watch, I remember watching Night Watch or trying to, and it was an example of completely opposite to me. Like where every shot was a commercial shot. Like you know, there's a long setup. Everything is looked like a could be in the commercial because you know, like w w in, in, in masterfully choreographed like just jerking it type of cinematography <laughs> and I remember hating it for that so much and being like I will never connect to the story or characters here and just turning it off and being like I'll never watch it so I'll never night not watch is what I called it night, not watch not got watch. it big day burn. or night not watch never watch um, so that's to me is the opposite where it's there's something very like humble about this uh, choice about something like where you can be masterful but you choose to push that away and reject that and and be like this is the place for the most like just set up like an ugly shot where for example the main character comes to talk to his newfound idol um, uh, Wallace and then he Wallace is talking to this like uh, Santa slash maybe unho unhoused person on, on the street and possibly a real person that they picked up on the street a lot generic <laughs> um, and that shot is just so bad it's like the sticks like and I don't like it's 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 not uh, handheld but it's like sticks in a bad way angle like looking down almost at them and it's like well why did you even try to make it any better but there's something very uh, to me, like, we, I guess if you like that tone, right? Because tone and what it comes to a comedy, there's nothing more uh, subjective than comedy. Is that where you, where you like, if you enjoy that, then there's really no room to get distracted. Like, even if you have the craziest ADHD, you know, like if you're enjoying that world and these characters, and you enjoy the cringed tone and whatever else may be, there's like really no room to get distracted by anything in this film. You're just there to be like, mm. you noticing the tiniest expressions from the Santa Clauses, like, like just rewatching last night, I was like, I didn't even know, like you could like read this man's life, um, watching, watching him, uh, the Santa Claus, who's like, who's like just saying random things like, this guy's a professional about Wallace or whatever. Cause there's really nothing else to do there. Like th that's the, the focus is just on that. Yeah, um, the people. The people and it's and yet it still has structure you know it's not it's not a complete like 
you know, Jim Jarmusch, with all my love for Jim Jarmusch, like, it's not like coffee, cigarettes or something. Like, it's like, no, it's, there's like, you know, three-act structure and whatever. Things are happening. Uh, there's like a, you know, midpoint and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I love the humility behind it. And even, you know, my husband, who is a cinematographer, who is like obsessed with like, you know, pretty, pretty pictures, he found it interesting, to, like, like, you know, he found love for it. And he also thinks highly of this film. In, in even then you know even like realizing that um you know obviously there's no no, no cinematographer should learn from this film like right. you will yeah well i think but you can learn style uh, like a uh, direction from it because yeah. it does it all the look feels the way that um comic pages do like mm-hmm. and the, those specific type of funny pages not like marvel superhero comics and mm-hmm. stuff but like Color, com- Mad TV, or not Mad TV, Mad Magazine. I think the I magazine's know, I based Mad off TV the TV too, show. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, you know, just like the way that pa- the, the color prints on that sheet paper, like that dullness, it does evoke that. So I think it is a, um, it's a, pra- uh, or a demonstration of that style versus, like, technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the art direct, that was actually... One of the things I was saying last night was the settings are so good that I found myself sometimes frustrated with the camera for not giving me mm-hmm. a better interpretation of them because mm-hmm. the set deck clearly worked so hard. Um, but also, that camera, like you were saying, Jarmusch, this movie feels like it was made by someone who grew up watching Jarmusch movies and wanted to make something like that. So I get there. They're mimicking that, like, Feels very like '95 to 2004 mm-hmm. indie, like post Clerks, post Tarantino, post really late Clatery, um, that vibe. And I get that because I worked at a video store during that era, and I think that may be why I was maybe that's why I was harder on it because I this aesthetic felt very authentic to me, which I thought that was cool. But I also felt like this reminds me of 20 years ago. I want something mm-hmm. a little newer. But then, you know, it's nostalgia and it's being reformatted and I go gaga for other shit. So I need to not it's, yuck anyone else's yum. Because no, I did enjoy it and I respected it. Yeah, and we'll find out in a second how we really enjoyed it. Um, if this is all true at all, what you're telling me about uh, yeah. enjoying it, quote unquote. But because uh, the math will tell you. Math is the real. It all depends the on the scale, though. It's all right. depending on the scale. Scale never lies is what we say here. And shut up. I love it. Every <laughs> single episode. Well, we're going to start saying it now. Scale <laughs> never lies. Um, and we talk about weight here on the podcast a lot. Yeah, I'm losing weight fast, uh, thanks to Same. ringworms. Um, <laughs> good, good installment of the ringworms. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, again, I mean, look, it's one of those things where I don't even know if it's an acquired taste. It's a taste you either have in your bones or you don't. You don't develop this taste over years. You know what I mean? You can um, either appreciate it because you recognize, like, and just give you, like, an example. Like, at some point, I lived in New York. I worked at 20 years old. I worked in a Trinidadian deli on the Upper West Side near Central Park where, like, I was, like, homeless for a moment. Like, I slept on the train uh, going and also went to, like, Kingsburg Community College in Brooklyn, which was very far from Upper West Side. So I would take like a train going in circles, like um, a train, uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, whatever, Bronx, Bronx, the Bronx, so that it would just go in circles so I could sleep there overnight. 
and it was fine like i was very happy because i was not in siberia but the point is that then like i would just be like i need to find a home to stay and then one of the customers at the trinidadian deli but jewish owned deli where i worked um was this like i thought because i was very naive and he was like an older guy that i thought oh, okay cool i can be his roommate and he was this like old like um saxophone player guy who was complete hoarder like he like let me say like on the made shift attic in his apartment where there was like trash everywhere it completely looked like this place <laughs> he had a dog that kept farting and then this guy like put cocaine in my coffee i don't know why like trying to like make me maybe like be like sleep with him i really don't know because my brain was like not aware <laughs> of what was going on at the jesus time. christ but i'm just telling you examples of like these people live like new york is filled with these people right. This is like, you know, the triborough era of like, uh, area of like, whatever, um, of th this like crazy town. And to me, it's like almost like John Wilson or something like it in like you get to see this world and I recognize it and I'm like, oh, yes, those fuckers that I don't have to deal with. This is so funny. Um, so I have that taste in my bones from like my early uh, adulthood. But why talk about this? without the scale let's use the scale to finally wrap up this episode and move on yes. to celebrating christmas all right so let's get to this the rating system this is how it works we're gonna rate funny pages on a scale of zero to ten using something else as a rating or as our basis of the scale so that could be something like chocolate chip cookies as a 10 and this movie is a number in relation to that or it could be another movie and if that doesn't make sense who's gonna go first you you two should go first i should yeah. go last all right yeah. well why so. don't, doesn't adam start us what, what oh, he's the like pressure. I, I still don't the understand pressure. the rating system the pressure no, <laughs> no I, one does that's the beauty of it i'm gonna make it my life's goal to understand the rating system better than you two understand <laughs> not <it>. hard but... <laughs> <laughs> i like attainable goals uh let's see okay if this movie is oh, this movie say this what? movie for later like something else first okay okay so i i'm not to my goal yet <laughs> <laughs> it's good to uh, have a goal let's say that an archie christmas uh special that i would get for five dollars at the grocery store as a kid Ooh. archie archie christmas double digest y'all know what i'm talking about uh those comics which i love let's say that's the ranking and then I'll give this um, six jug heads out of ten Archie Double Digests. Okay. Okay. I, did I do I, it right? Or did I, I don't create a new scale. I'm very far from uh, the scale as it is, but I mean, we're not gonna say it's incorrect. You know, you don't, 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 you know, don't diss somebody else's scale. Is another saying we have. <laughs> But if, Tell if me we're just saying how accurate would, it is to how we usually do it, you know, that's okay, that's please. objective. No, I want to be I want to be accurate. So please refresh. Tell me how to amend well, I'll, my. I'll show there. you how I. Yeah. Do, and then, okay, you can so do then another I'll give take. you my revised. I mean, version. I don't mind the six jugheads out no, of ten I like di it. double digests. I, it, um, all right, I'm gonna just do. I'm gonna do, you know. I'm gonna do. Look, I'm gonna do two fucking scales. Like, look, wh what do I have to lose? You know, this is already. I've already failed in everything <laughs> in this episode. Um, so I'm just gonna, 
uh, do the first one with John Wilson because it's very New York, and I really like um, John Wilson's show. What is it called again? Jesus. How um, to? How to with John Wilson. I will give John Wilson How to with John Wilson a nine, and I would give this movie um, nine point five. So New York, so authentic to me, and just just made me laugh nonstop. I couldn't take my eyes off of it, and. I just have such an ADHD of like, if this movie is not fucking interesting, like any movie, I, I am like, I'm also going to do like stuff, like check email at the same time. I, I'm not good. Like I'm, I'm not a cinephile. I'm a feline file, as, as you know. Uh, but um, Better than some files, as we've established. <laughs> better than some files. That's another saying on Shut Up, I Love It. So, uh, yeah, I... I would give it 9.5. I could not take my eyes off of this movie. If I were to compare it to the greatest comedy ever made, MacGruber, MacGruber is a 10 and this is a 9. So either way, it's very up there. Adam, give it your best shot before we go, Joe. Uh, so I would say I would say an Archie Double Digest comic is a 7 out of 10 and mm. this is a 5.5. Ooh. Out of ten on that see, scale. I, I, I can that, see that. I can see that. That's the way to do it. Well, although I think that there was merit to the Jugheads out of. Still, I still don't whatever. diss that scale. That still stands. Don't diss yeah. it. But I'm just giving you the appropriate formatted version. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. We have multiple scales in this episode. Joe, most importantly, what are you? Thinking? So I did mention um, Napoleon Dynamite, um, but I don't want to use that as the scale because I don't think it's quite the same. You know, they're of the same family, but like I said, one's a bit older. So I'll do another Jared Hess uh, movie that I'm very fond of, Gentleman Broncos, which is also very gross. Um, It is kind of the more mature version of Napoleon Dynamite as well in kind of its cynicism and... um, being more nasty and whatnot. And that is a fun movie. I don't think it's a very good movie. But it's incredibly fun. It has so many genuinely funny moments. I still quote uh, um, what's-his-name's character. Um, he was recently in Avatar Way of Water with an American accent. Jermaine Clements. Spoiler. Avatar Way of Water. Jermaine Clements is in it with an American accent. But And that's a whole other story that I'll share one time about my experience watching Way of Water. Please. Um, got water in my mouth. That's spoil- a little taste of it. But that movie I'm going to give a 9 out of 10. Loses a point for not being really a great movie, but having so many great moments. It's a 9 out of 10. Uh, Funny Pages. I don't know if I'll go revisiting it anytime soon. But I do... The appreciation factor is high. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 6.5 out of 10. Great. And that concludes our first <laughs> Sasha doesn't even want to fucking <laughs> talk about it anymore after that. I, I appreciate the I, gift. I gushed. Look, I came here to gush and to use this as an excuse to gush. But also, like, hopefully connect with you. It was a great gift. I'm, I'm happy com- to have you know watched I mean? it. It was definitely like, uh, here, look what I... This is a sandwich I like. This is a weird sandwich. I don't know if this is your kind of sandwich because I know you have diarrhea from... The Mexican food you eat all the time. So let me just give Racist. you something. Uh, I, I'm, so, I literally think that you mentioned multiple times that you ate Mexican food and it gave you diarrhea. That's again racist is all I have to say. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, Check the tapes. I am, 
I am not racist, <laughs> but uh, I the, do. The nosedive this is taken at the end for Sasha's energy and Where hope. I have just been called racist on this uh, podcast. Twice. Multiple <laughs> times. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I gave you the sandwich and I said, look, this is not Mexican, but you might like it. <laughs> no, it and is I said, great. And I said it in broken Spanish with like a bad accent, like trying to imitate your Mexican heritage. <laughs> so it was terrible. Um, yeah, no. And I said, try it. And you tried it. And you said, eh, like, let me go back to my diarrhea inducing Mexican food. <laughs> Terrible. Well, I I don't think that's a correct analogy for what did happen, but I do thank you for the gift. (laughs) And we we thank you all for listening. Um, Adam, the good news for the audience, they're going to get to hear from you two more times in two future episodes to conclude our white Christmas. But please tell people where they can find yeah, where they can find you. Oh, and, you're uh, choking. You're di- I, I Imagine just, if you died on the The diarrhea went the other way, actually. <laughs> oh, no. Sometimes. <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, y'all, uh, you can, you know, honestly, I'm putting out some new music and projects mm. next year. So follow Great. me on, um, I'm doing, I'm diligently posting on TikTok. I'm uh, trying to be a good social media poster yeah. as a musician for once in my life. That's Protexter Party. And then Protexter by itself is Instagram. But uh, one of the yeah. best last names of all time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and my ha- stage name now. And the stage name and your hair looks fantastic. Thank you. I'm letting it grow out. Nice. I've decided to get back. I got to trim it in the back, but you know. I love it. I love it. Shut up. I love Protexter hair. <laughs> uh, Joe, what's going on with you these days on this Christmas Eve? Oh, Christmas Eve. Well, my full graphic novel, Bottoms Up, will be coming out in January. I believe January 20th is the date. I've hit some printing snags, but I don't think those should affect anything by the time this podcast even comes out. So we're going to fix those. Um, that is the comic book about, or graphic novel, I want to say, because it's 150 beefy pages beefy. of a killer Thick. bottle of booze. You could read more about it at JoeCabello.com. There's a page for Bottoms Up. And uh, January 21st comes shortly after January 20th. And this is when my new class at scriptonivy.com starts. And then I think there's another class starts in March where you would um, come in with an idea for a pilot and leave with a draft. The first draft or maybe second draft. I don't know how fast you rewrite and writing in this class. What am I going to check on you? Like at home, I'm not going to be sitting at home and watching over your shoulder, but I will help you as much as I can. Check it out at scriptonatomy.com. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a wonderful evening to yourselves. And we're going to see you next week with the second edition of White Elephant with Adam, Joe, and Sasha. Thank you, Elizabeth (laughs) Salud, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. Go watch yourselves some funny pages. And thank you for listening.